Welcome to the Warm Down, episode 18, game week four. I'm with, uh, my name's Dave, I'm with Rem today. Uh, just to let you know before we begin, uh, that there are a couple of uh, Champions League games happening today, featuring some of the uh, English sides, um, which are playing today. Manchester United against Young Boys, which has finished uh, 2-1 to Young Boys. And this evening, we expect to see Chelsea at home against Zenit St. Petersburg. And there's some really a tasty game. Barcelona at home at the new camp against Bayern Munich. And then tomorrow, we've got some action where Man City are at home against RB Leipzig. And a really interesting game is Inter Milan against Real Madrid. And a really, really interesting game for all those Liverpool fans is a, a kind of a, a match between AC Milan. AC Milan back into the Champions League after a couple of years out. So, yeah, that's all uh, coming up for you today and tomorrow. And this week, we're going to be concentrating on three games. The first game we're going to concentrate on, one of my, my, my team, Man United, against Newcastle. Then looking at the ins and outs of that game. And then we're going to talk, discuss about Chelsea versus uh, Aston Villa. And we're going to end on the Everton versus Burnley game. They're the three games that we're going to concentrate on. And then after that, we're going to go through the rest of the table to give you the results of all the, the remaining matches. So the best place to start off with is the Man United versus Newcastle game, which ended 4-1 to Manchester United. A really um, entertaining game for the reason Ronaldo first game back, his second start for your Man United. Remy, looking at the game and how it panned out, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, my thoughts on the game. Um, <coughs> we'll go through what actually happened in the game. Um, Ronaldo got himself a brace back at Old Trafford. It was like a carnival down there. Um, he got a goal just on half time. Um, Newcastle equalised through Mikinho, um in the 56th minute. Um, Manchester United then went back in front with Ronaldo um, getting his second just past the hour mark. Bruno Fernandes scored a screamer. Um, with 10 minutes left to make it 3 1 and basically still the victory. And then in injury time, Jesse Lingard added a four for Man United. Um, thoughts on the game? Um, first off, obviously, we saw Ronaldo start up front as the, the main striker. I kind of had it in my head that he was going to start. I expected him to start, to be honest. Um, with Greenwood off on the right and Sancho off on the left. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought Newcastle did well first off. Um, Man United didn't, couldn't really create any huge chances. Um, you can see the nerves in the air because there, there was such excitement obviously Cristiano Ronaldo coming back. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first goal was key. Key right on half time because Newcastle were, were, were proving stubborn on a couple of counter attacks as well. They they looked like they were they got into a couple of good positions in the first half. Um, there was one chance I remember Willock where he just sliced it glorious him. chance. Yeah, just a mad angle. It wasn't a chance for him. He got in a great area, but I just thought he should have squared it. Looked to square it, um, or at least get off with a better shot than that, mate. And, and that was shocking. Um, and I think Longstaff also got an opportunity in the first half. 
But as I said, that goal came at the perfect time for Manchester United. Green were cutting off the right. Um, shot with his left. Took a slight deflection, fucked the keeper up a bit. Um, probably should have done better. Freddie Woodman let it spill. And who was there to tap in on his return? Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, so as I said, that, that kind of fucks up the plan for Newcastle and Steve Bruce. They've proven regiment. Um, so that was the kind of thing, oh, mentality-wise, they're, they're going to be thinking about coming out a slight bit. Give me one second, man. Let us stupid cow. Yeah, just touching on what you said about the um, the first half of uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah. What, what was you saying? Yeah, it's just touching on what you said about Newcastle in the first half. Mm. What did you think they did well to kind of maintain, contain United? In the, what did they do to prevent them from really trying to exert their authority on the game? Well, they were very narrow. They had their five at the back. Um, yeah, this is, listen, it's a, you know Steve Bruce. They, they, they're very defensive-minded, an organised team. And they, they looked organised, to be fair to them. I thought Man United's movement was very good first half. Um, just there was no real spaces. It was going to be hard to kind of penetrate it, to be honest. Um, it needed a bit of quality from a cross or something. As first half, a lot of the crosses were poor. Obviously, with the threat of Ronaldo, you could see that we were looking for that um, at times. But yeah, the, the, the quality on the crosses were never really good. Um, but as I said, what also helped was, was the counter-attacking ability because it, it, it gave Man United a, a, a bit of a warning. So... They, they weren't so comfortable, you know what I mean, where Newcastle wasn't a threat. Or they were a threat. Al Moran, I remember he won a one brilliant run down the right-hand side, went past Pogba, showed good strength, great pace. St. Maximum, you know what you're going to get with him, similar to Traore, very direct, yeah. very raw. Um, and yeah, and as I said, that, that's what let them down, their decisions. But for Manchester United, they knew what the job was going to be, break Newcastle down. The earlier we could score, the better. Um, but they got the goal at the perfect time after being frustrated, it looked like it wasn't going to get a goal. And then they picked up a goal right on half-time. As I said, it kind of changed the mentality of the Newcastle players. They don't really need a goal. And to be fair to them, as uh, as we said, like 10 minutes in the second half, they got their equaliser. Brilliant counter-attack. I think it was Almiron down the left into St. Maximan, who just poked it to um, the overlapping wing-back. Mankio. Yeah, and... and Manquillo? Yeah, Manquillo. Yeah and, yeah. and and he finished it nicely, man. Nice finish. Um, and they were coming, it looked like they were gonna come to spoil the party. And then, as I said, like Cristiano Ronaldo, we know his quality. I mean, it was a decent pull by Luke Shaw, great run by Cristiano Ronaldo. The first touch was a beautiful, straight yeah. into his stride. And then didn't it wasn't the cleanest of strikes. Um, but you know, Ronaldo, everything he hits, he hits with power. Um, any any little gap the keeper can leave, it can get through the gap. And that's what happened. It went through kind of the goalkeeper's legs, kind of let it go under him. Um, and Man United were back in front. And Ronaldo's role kind of changed, I thought, second half. I thought like, he played a more kind of false nine than um, a striker. As a first half, he was just that striker, that focal point. And they had three centre-back. So I'm going to give credit to Oli because I would say that Oli would have given them instruction. I know Ronaldo's experience so could have come up with it himself, but let's give the credit to Oli. That and his coaches started, they must have given a conversation and said to him, Look, there's no need for you to just stay in that box. They got three centre backs. Our crossing hasn't been impressive first half. So come as slightly a bit deeper where the defense have to think about do they follow you out or what? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
and get involved in the link-up. And, and he did that. And as I said at the time, where he was coming from a little deep, his run was being being made from a little deeper. Newcastle were a little high up the field. Um, yeah, and I said, a good ball, good finish. The goal of the game, then Bruno Fernandes, um, gave him too much space um, on the edge of the area. But 10 minutes left, scored a screamer. Um, just does what Bruno does. Made it 3-1 and then substitute Lingard got in on the action. Nice little move from Manchester United, to be honest. Martial let yeah, it run through his legs. Yeah. Um, Pogba played it to Martial, let it run through his legs. And then it was um, finished off by Lingard. Um, so in the end, the scoreline kind of flatters Manchester United, I thought, from what I saw in the game. Um, I think a credit would have gone to Newcastle. Obviously, the fans are going to go back disappointed. Um, as a Man United fan, seeing Cristiano Ronaldo back, before we talk about his role going forward and stuff, um, what was your thoughts on the match? You know, uh, you know, it's a brave decision from Oli to play him from the beginning, but I think he made a great choice uh, putting him in from the start. And you can clearly see how much of a difference he makes in the team, how he kind of elevates everyone around him. His movement, his class, and he, you know, it's like he's never left. And the, the positions, you know, the, the way he was playing as well, you know, the, the, the movement, you could tell he's not lost a step. And it was, a good, it was good to see Ronaldo out there. And, and I think he's going to be pivotal for us this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously you still got Cavani there, which is like a great option, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, listen, man, he scored again today in the Champions League as well. Yeah, and the guy gets chances. When the guy gets chances, he scores the minute. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 20-odd goals this season. Um, I said that I think he seals the top four place for you lot guaranteed. I just don't think he's good enough to challenge for the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with it. I mean, look, top four should be in our grasp with Ronaldo. I think it's a whole different ball game when you're talking about being title challengers. I think um, Ronaldo does edge us a bit closer but I think overall I think top four is probably the best best we're hoping for anything more than that's a bonus um, before I ask you about Newcastle because there's certain things that come out in this press conference after the game Steve Bruce and he got a bit pissed off because he was being questioned a bit dumb to be honest you know what I mean from the local papers and stuff as I said they're probably Newcastle fans so they hate them as much as Newcastle fans do but quickly, um, your reaction to your boy, Donny, doing the interview. Um, what did you think of it? About time he got his chance to say what he wanted to say. It's about time, man. He's been locked up, cooped up on the, on the bench. And now he has his time to come and tell the, the people that, you know, he wants to play for Man United. He wants to, you know, play and, and get some game time. And, you know, his agents come out and said what he said. And... And it's quite refreshing that he's not come out to kind of d- disparage Man United. He's come out and said his player wants to come and play for Man United. And he's also come out and said that, look, Donny has to kind of improve, which is a good thing. And Donny's come on, you know, on Rio's podcast and kind of said, look, I want to play for Man United. And he said he trusts Oli. Uh, you know, for me personally, I don't know about that. But he's like, <laughs> I, t- I don't know about that. But listen, v- Van der Beek's come out and said he trusts him. Look, if he wanted to get rid of him, he would have got rid of him um, at this, the transfer window that has gone. I, the one thing I love about Donny, 
listen, I know, you know, you might think I'm being biased or anything, but he's an intelligent player. He understands that he's not going to be in the more commanding roles like your, your Brunos, your Pogba's playing in that number 10. But he's come out and looked at the situation at Man United and said, look, I could play a six or an eight. I don't know how much truth he can play as a six, but I do believe he could play in that box-to-box position if given the opportunity. So it's kind of refreshing for Van der Beek to come out. And he, listen, he's loved by the fans. And us as fans want to see Donny playing on a regular basis. And I think in that number eight position, that box-to-box out, the one of the two in the pivot, that's where Donny plays. And I think if given time, game time, I'm not just saying Carabao Cup three months later, or a little FA Cup game, I'm talking consistently playing in that pivot. Because we've seen what Fred and McTominay do. Garbage. They're just garbage. Let Donny have an opportunity. Because if he do, if you're not going to give man an opportunity, let him go. I walk him to his next club if he wants to, because I've had enough. A guy like Donny should not be rotting on the bench over guys like McTominay and Fred. Listen, you know how I feel about McTominay and Fred, yeah? Dead food. We've got play, a player like Donny that needs to be utilised. And Oli, listen, we're not getting a number six anytime soon. Give him an opportunity and let's see what happens. What's the, be- what's the worst going to happen? Just give him some game time and let's see what he can do. All right, that was very passionate. Um, I got to back my boy, true. man. Back my yeah. boy, man. No, nah, no, nah, he's, a, he's a good player. Um, and we'll he just find needs out. time. Yeah, he needs to be given a chance at the end of the day. Um, but what I want to say also about Newcastle, the fans, yeah, uh, with Steve Bruce, yeah, what do you expect Steve Bruce to do? He's coming to Matt. He's coming to Old Trafford <laughs> with that Newcastle team. His team is depleted. Yeah. You've got no John Joe Shelby. You've got no um, Wilson. Callum Wilson, yeah. Callum Wilson. And they gave a good account of themselves in the first half. And, and in, in, in spite of that game, the second half, they, they played really well. So Maximum, Amaron run their, run their bollocks off in that, in that game. They yeah. played really well. And it's just unfortunate they didn't have a vocal man to come in there to finish some of the chances. And Manquillo's finish was brilliant. So listen, you got to get, listen. You know what? There was no, there was no money really spent in the summer for Newcastle United. They only brought in Willock. You know, Bruce has said that he wanted to bring in more players, but he, listen, he came to Man United. The game it was always going to be difficult. The game was always going to be centered about around Cristiano Ronaldo and yeah, yeah. you know the players. So listen, they gave a good account of themselves. Unfortunately, they lost four one. Just got to move on and give him yeah. an opportunity. Listen, man, like the thing is, like obviously the the fans they hate my man, isn't it? Um sports director, sports director, what's his name? Mike yeah, Ashley. oh Mike Ashley. Everyone yeah, hates yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, they hate him, isn't it? Yeah. Like so... Mr. No Refund. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um yeah, just returned. Um yeah, so they hate him, yeah. He gives them no money, no money from his own pocket. None. Yeah, every penny they spend is right. Come out of the club, like, um, and that's how he wants to run it, isn't it? Which ain't gonna get them nowhere quick. Like, there's Steve Bruce, the manager. Yeah, okay, it was his dream to manage them. I hear all this bollocks about yeah. My cousin's a Newcastle fan, mm. weirdly enough. Yeah, and he's he, he messed with me one time, and he's he's. I said, "What is it with Bruce, man? Why why am I hate him like that?" He said, "He's not from the time." Yeah, yeah. They, they, they get a bit sticky. They get a bit sticky nah, with it. If you're not from the time, they're, they're not nah. interested. They're not nah, interested. Nah, if you're nah, if you're from Sunderland or Middlesbrough, listen, <laughs> you're hated. Listen, Bear in mind anyway, with Bruce. I don't know. Bruce managed Sunderland as well. And I don't want to know about Newcastle. Yeah, but 
That's just a load of shit. At the end of the day, the guy's either a good manager or a shit manager. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think he's a shit manager. Yeah. Like, but to be honest, what do Newcastle want? You know what I mean? They got Rafa, yeah? The guy that's beyond their league, yeah? Let's be honest, yeah? He's all about what Newcastle want to be, not what they are, yeah? Mm. Like, but Steve Bruce is what they are. Like, he suits them. Like, they got no money. So if you got no money, you're just going to blame him anyway. So do you know what I mean? It's kind of a good scapegoat kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest, if I was Steve, I'd just leave, man. I hope he leaves. But I like Steve Bruce. He's cool, man. Like, yeah, but but you got to see from Steve, Steve Bruce's point of view. Yeah. He's managing a Premier League side. I don't care. He, I don't care. He don't, he's no, managing don't a Premier care. League side. And, and it's his club, isn't it? He loves Newcastle. Yeah, he loves Newcastle. Yeah, but he's keeping nah, them up. No, 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 I don't care. For the amount of abuse that he's getting, forget it. What's the point? Like, just bounce, man. Just bounce. Just sail off. Listen, I know... Look, what do you do? Resign, you don't get paid, and you don't get paid off and shit. But uh, to be honest, it's not worth the hassle, man. Listen, the man has got greyer by the month. He's white now, his head. But is but this white. is the problem with the Newcastle fans, yeah? Like, they complain about Bruce, but when they had Rafa Benitez in, he was doing miracles at that club. Yeah, what, listen, they, you know, he had ambition, and, and Mike Ashley didn't. Uh, give him the money to further that ambition. Well. None of the power. power. He wanted to restrict yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, this situation with Bruce no, but works the perfectly. Fan, no, but the Newcastle fans loved Rafa. Rafa yeah, but loved him. Yeah, they, but, because Rafa was going to argue his point, isn't it? And they thought he could kind of force the situation to change, but he hasn't. Been, he wasn't able to, isn't it? So in the end, he just thought, fuck this, I'm just going to try. And... So he just bounced. But to be honest, that's what Steve needs to just spout. Listen, the fans will get happy, but all I'm saying, like, to be honest, like, I think a guy like Eddie Howe. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, he ain't got a job. He's kind of, he played attractive stuff on the Bournemouth and they all feel like he can at least get them to enjoy watching their club. And I get that, and it? Everybody wants to see their club play good football, innit? I just think that when you've got an owner that's, that's use, he's that useless here. Listen, Levy can be a wanker, isn't it? But fucking hell, like, what's my man, Ashley? Uh, like, Ashley that's yeah. a whole other level. Like, but it, so. to, to his fairness, he, he is trying to sell the club, isn't it? So I don't think he. I think yeah, he yeah. wants out. Yeah, no, listen, and he wants his money, which is right, isn't it? What, is, yeah. what he feels the club is worth, isn't it? That's his right to do that, isn't it? So I don't have a beef with him about that. I'm just saying, look, at the end of the day, as a fan, you just got to be pissed. What if it was the Glazers just jamming there and not spending no money? That's what they've been doing. They'll nah, <laughs> be jamming there and not be spending that money. Nah, that's rubbish, man. You Come on, if this Super League, yeah, let's, let's put this into perspective, yeah? If this whole Super League situation didn't come up, do you think United are really going to be spending money on getting Sancho, Varane and Ronaldo? We Why had not? to, we had to, conv- we had to convince the Glazers to bring Who? Ronaldo back. Who? Oh, you gl- lot, man. Listen, we had to, we had to, we had to, con- we had to convince, listen, had, Green, what was it? What's his name? Ed Woodward had to convince the Glazers to even consider to bring back Cristiano Ronaldo. They weren't prepared to spend any more money than they already have. But they realized, and Greenwood, uh, well, not Greenwood, sorry, uh, Ed Woodward got and said to the, uh, them, he'll, he'll, pay, he'll pay for his shirt. 
because obviously the the the, the shirt sells. Just yeah, him yeah. being in there, he's gonna pay for his seat at United. So the Glazers kind of said, oh, "Do you know what? We'll pay the money to bring him back." Listen, it doesn't matter how, but he's there in it. So just yeah, down to Sir Alex Ferguson. He had to All go right. take, call him up and say, "Listen, behave yourself. You're not going to City. Remember, well, remember your roots." Well, anyway, good victory for Manchester United. Perfect start for Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's move on now to the Chelsea Villa. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. Um, Chelsea winning 3-0. Yeah, Lukaku scored a, a brace. And then Kovacic getting the third goal. Uh, good victory. Um, I know Saul started the game. But Remy, I wanted to ask you, was that a good idea from Tuchel to start Saul? Um, he just tried to give him game time, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know how much he's played recently. Was it the smartest idea? Probably not. But look, at the end of the day, they got away with it. He he, he subbed him at halftime anyway. Yeah. Um, he saw that he was clearly struggling. I'll just say my thoughts on the match first. Chelsea got a great start um, on a counter-attack. Lovely little play by Kovacic, who I've spoke about him, I think, before on here. The guy's getting better and better and better, man. Like, his balance is, is wonderful, like. They skipped through the midfield, skipped a couple of people, the press from Villa, found a lot of room for himself. Great ball slid through for Lukaku. He skanked my man, what's his name? Twan Zavi. Um, uh. <laughs> tried to save the day, skanked him inside and tucked it with his right foot. Um, then the second was a mistake by McGinn. He let it run across him, which was the error. And then he that panicked and had to basically back pass because he was being pressed. He had to back pass it, but it just all went wrong for him. Um, didn't get enough on the back pass. Kovacic read it, got onto it, and kind of finished, kind of tried to dig the goalkeeper. It just kind of just blew past the goalkeeper. And that made it 2 know, And then Lukaku, in injury time, got his second, as you said. But um, yeah, I thought Villa were very good. Especially first half, very good. Um, good energy, pressing well. They matched um, Chelsea up for the system, with the system. They both went five at the back. They had cash. Well, they, they had more, yeah. I mean, they played more five at the back, where Chelsea's obviously, they got the two wing backs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, cash, target, and then the three centre-backs, Consar, McGinn, and McGinn. Mings and almost combined the two names. <laughs> Mings <laughs> and then Twanzebi. Um, in the middle, Doug Louise, um, John McGinn, Ramsey, and then up front, Ollie Watkins and, and um, Ings as a partnership. And it yeah, worked well, horses, man. man. Uh, uh, I have to horses. say, man, um, Dean tactically is a good coach, man. Um, they tactically done that, kind of worked because they were in the game. Obviously, they conceded, but I mean, they should have equalised. Mendy had a lot of work to do first half, especially from, um, what's his name? Watkins. One situation where he actually, as you said, Saul, Saul lost the ball. Dilly Dally didn't took too long. McGinn pressed him twice, nicked the ball off him, just slid easy ball into Watkins. He was in the box, basically one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Faked to shoot. Goalkeeper's on the floor, kind of went round his arms. And then kind of dug the shot out a bit shit, dug it into the ground. Um, good defending by Thiago Silva, though. Shows experience, read it, 
and blocked it with his chest. Um, but yeah, as I said, man, Villa, Villa were impressive, man. Chelsea was struggling. Um, Tuchel made the sub, whether that was the huge difference, but of course, bringing on um, Jorginho, who's, who's been brilliant in the last year, bringing him on, obviously, more experienced. Obviously, Sal Negres is a new sign-in, so yeah, look rusty, Sal. Um, back to what you said about Sal. Um, do you think, um, sorry to cut you off, do you, do you think with um, the rotations that um, Tuchel made for this game, obviously at the back of the, you know, the international break and obviously one eye on a Champions League, do you think that could have been the reason why, you know, they were a bit shaky, a bit hesitant? I mean, it was, you know, they won 3-0, but there was points in that game where Villa were really good and matched them, matched their intensity. And um, do you think that was a factor? Look, the way I look at it, Midfield is the most important position, in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It balances everything out. It, it, it can control the tempo that you have at the game. It can stop the team. It stops the team getting forward if your midfielders do their job defensively. So your defence doesn't even have to get worried or your goalkeeper, do you know what I mean? Um, and they got the perfect guy in, in Kante. Kante obviously had a few injury problems, but Jorginho... Jorginho keeps the ball well, keeps the ball ticking, doesn't really waste it. Um, so I think that was a combination with Sal making his debut, um, doesn't really know the team, the settings well, still getting used to the club, England, the formation, you know what I mean? Uh, the players around him. So And you could see that in the midfield. So I think that was one of the problems. And then the other is you have to give credit, as I said, to Aston Villa. Um Ramsey, good energy, good pace. Um, traveling forward with the ball. McGinn, you know what McGinn brings you. Die hard, get stuck in. Um, Ollie Watkins, as I said, he, he, he's got good strength about him, holds the ball up. Danny Ings is very quiet. And, and, and there you go. If Danny Ings maybe had a good day, maybe Aston Villa get the goal in the first half, maybe it equalizer, and the game's different. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's how I would describe it. I just think, oh, as I said, look, simple as Chelsea just had a fairly off day, but I, I'm going to give credit to Aston Villa because I was impressed with them in the first half. And Lukaku, I mean, how good do you reckon that Lukaku can be this season? How instrumental do you think he is for Chelsea? Well, look, this is the reason why I said they had the best transfer winner, you know what I mean? Lukaku is what they needed. They need a striker and Lukaku is what they got a striker that's been in great form. So it makes sense. A guy that knows the Premier League as well and and, and a fan of the club, he says, and, and, and stuff like that. So unfinished business, all that motivation. And mentally, he's come back and he's much better mentally than he was before. So look, he, he, he's a hell of a problem. The third goal was a great finish. Just power, just blast it past um, just there. Listen, his job is to score goals, enough goals that will guide this Chelsea team to the title. I think he will because I think they have the bases around him. I think he will score enough goals and I think around him, they've got options, Havertz, um, Mount, Zayach, Pulisic when he's fit, Werner even, you know what I mean? Um, they've got options everywhere. I think I said this in the last episode, I don't want to bore about it. They've got Plenty of options, two options for every position, and they're proving quality. Even the young defender, um, Trevor Chalaba, 
You know what I mean? It's been very good, very impressive. So, yeah, they've got everything. A good goalkeeper. And as I said, midfielders like Kovacic, who can break forward. Um, Jorginho, who can control the tempo of a match. Kante, who constantly wins you the ball back. You know what I mean? So, so they're, they're virtually perfect. And they have a system that they stick to. They don't fundamentally change. Even if they have injuries, they have no need to change. Yeah, no. Yeah, 100%. I think the strength and depth for Chelsea is there to be seen. And like I said, they've got two people per position. So, you know, you expect them to be up there next, you know, this season, challenging for the title. So, so looking at Villa, what, what would you say if you was Villa manager, what formation, what system would, would, would you use um, as your go-to system? Because I think they need to choose one. This is all right being flexible, as I said, look, they did. They went five at the back um, against Chelsea, matched Chelsea up, and, and, and they look good. Um, with the three centre-backs they got, they're, they're, they're good defenders. Konsa, Mings, Twanzeb. Yes, Mings can be all over the place at times. Um, but as, as three options, I think they're very good. So system-wise, what would you, what would you do if you were Aston Villa? Yeah, I mean, I understand why they played five at the back. Considering you got Mings and um, yeah, Mings, Ings, yeah, that's the problem. You know, I think you know Ings, Ings and Watkins. I think there's an opportunity to play both of them, but I think the the defense. When you look at Conta, uh, Conta, Mings, and Twanzebi, I don't think you necessarily need to play all three defenders. Maybe a combination of Conta and Twanzebi or Mings, or um, but probably like another body in the midfield to give that balance and maybe that width as well. Because I think Ollie Watkins and, you know, Ings, you know, he's they move around the box and... Well, let's and, look at their options. Let's look at their options. I mean, there's, you've got Leon Bailey up there. Um, I mean, Al Ghazi again, he's been really good the last couple of seasons for them. They've got the wild card with um, Ashley Young who can come in and play in the midfield or in, in defence. Traore, I like Traore. Traore, yeah, he gave a good account of himself last season. So they do have options where they can play, maybe not a 4-4-2, but maybe another midfielder in there or a 4-3-3 when you add in Bailey or or you add in Traore as a forward just to kind of alleviate the pressure. I think 4-4-2, but I do, man. I, I, you get Watkins and you get Ings in the team. Obviously, Bundia, when he's back, you yeah, him on the right-hand yeah. side while he's not there. Whether you can trust Traore to do a well of a defensive job, I don't know. Obviously, there's two centre midfielders. You've got Douglas Louise, you've got McGinn, can be trusted. Um, you've got young Ramsey, who's a versatile kind of player, could play probably out wide, could play in the middle. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I, I think system wise, as I said, I was very impressed with Aston Villa. I think system wise, that's what they've got to focus on now. What is the best system for them going forward? I know, obviously, well, Ben. Bundia should be back for the next match. Obviously, Bundia and um, Martinez were missing um, yeah. because they flew over to Argentina and um, with all that madness that happened. Yeah, last them as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, look, Chelsea push on and continue to look solid, man. Yeah, and looking at the third game we're looking to review, uh, it's a, quite an entertaining game, Everton versus Burnley. Um, it finished 3-1 at Goodison Park. Another victory for Rafa Benitez's side. They looked like they're kind of building a bit of momentum now. Uh, early start of the season. 
the first goal start, uh, was Burnley. Burnley got the got things started with uh, Ben Mee header. Then Michael King followed up with a header and a wonder goal from Andrew, Andros Townsend uh, for the second goal. And then the final goal, a lovely counter-attacking play. Damari Gray again on the score sheet. Actually, Rem, how good is this Everton team under Rafa Benitez? What was your thoughts on the perform, uh, performance at Goodison Park? Look, it was tough early on. I mean, I, I, I wasn't fully concentrating on the game first half, um, but there was a couple of moans and groans and, and they couldn't really get anything going, whether that was adjusting to not having Calvert-Lewin. Could be. Um, they started with Charleston up front. So, yeah, it could have been a bit of that. Um, and also Burnley. Burnley, you know what Burnley are. As I said, Burnley are the type of team, if they turn up and everyone's focused on their job, they are a team that can frustrate you. They are a team that can cause you problems. Um, and that won't go away. And, and it was looking like that. It was looking like it was going to be that second half. You could start to see first 15 minutes to the half, first 10 minutes, sorry, to the half. Everton started to increase the pressure now. Started to get in some better areas and then bang, out of nowhere, Ben Meese goes ahead. Um, good Munson with the cross from the, from the right-hand side, inside right. Um, and me just got, got himself some space in the box. Made a good late run and, and, and got to the ball and headed them in front. Um, didn't take long for an equaliser, Michael Keane, against his old club. Townsend did well, right side, cut inside on his left, whipped the cross in. Good header by um, Keane. Five minutes later, then the ball just exploded. Goodison exploded, the noise. And then um, Townsend, after getting his assist, then got his goal. Brilliant finish from the edge of the box. He has shown in the past he's capable of that. A very uh, a dipping shot with his left foot, um, almost like a basketball shot, whooped, swooped in yeah. over Pope. Um, and then Damari Gray. Yeah. Damari Gray, great ball. Great ball. Oh, the the Corey. The Corey, wow. my man, the Corey. Big player. He's, he's stepped it up this season, man. Wow, I mean, been brilliant. Oh. Been brilliant. Been brilliant. And um, we'll get back to that. Anyway, yeah. great ball for Damari Gray. Sprints in and goal. What's that, three in a row for Damari Gray? Three in a row for Damari Gray, man. 1.5 million, you know what I mean? Bargain. Point to prove, man. Uh, do you know what? To be honest, when he was one-on-one, I said, typical Damari Gray, he misses. Nah, nah. I, I thought, conviction. I knew that was Gray. going in. This is a new Damari Gray. Gray. They the less to Damari Gray. This is the new Damari Gray. Yeah, man. Top I don't know what um, Benitez has done, but listen, it's a different attitude with this Damari Gray. More concentrated, more they focused. They could have had more. They could have had, had more. Townsend was running more. right in the second half. Well, Takori had one. I oh, deserved to get his goal. He was just offside. Um, but yeah, sorry, back to your point. About Damari Gray. Um, no, he was talking. Yeah, was he talking about Damari Gray or was he talking about Everton? Sorry, well, I was talking about, Ever- talking about Everton, but I was still talking about the just this new. Oh, yeah, what, what Rafa's done to Damari Gray. What Rafa's done to yeah. kind of get the best out of this Everton team because I, I noticed the difference in this Everton team because. Um, the last couple of games, you know, they've really stepped up. But to the second half especially, I thought, you know, the first half, Burnley kind of caused Everton a lot of problems and, and they were kind of di- find it difficult to kind of um, get get into the game. And I think the slight adjustments where Townsend and Damari Gray were able to get their 
get their game going and it kind of influenced the game in the second half. And, you know, Townsend, again, he seems a bit more free, got more uh, ability to kind of run at players and cut in and do what he does best. And that was a great crossing for in, into uh, in the box for King to score that goal. And then that wonder goal he scored. And then he could have scored another goal after that. Um, just really getting the, you know, the, the, fa- uh, the fans were all pumped up around uh, Goodison Park. I haven't really seen that around Goodison Park. And then Damari Gray, you know, all game, you know, just trying to get cut in, trying to get the crosses in, just look very, very good. It's just, I, I, the, the mentality I've seen from Damari Gray, that when he was at Leicester, they was always talking about his potential, not living up to it, maybe bad attitude, but he's gone away, went to Leverkusen, wasn't really playing many games at Leverkusen. Benitez has come in, identified him, 1.5 million pounds, and he looks like a different player. It's a player that has got his head screwed on and wants to get down to business and, and score goals free and free. I've been impressed with him, man. And I, he, he deserved the man of the match, man. He's just a different player. Different different player. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think Everton, the, the mentality from Everton has been the problem for, for, for years now. They've always been that team that's trying to push. The only time the mentality was good, really good, was was um Moyes. Yeah. And and sadly he just didn't have the money to spend to take them to where they should should have been really for, for all the work that he had done and the improvement that he had done, considering that he had no money kind of thing. Um and that's when their mentality was strong. They were they they were, you know, when they had PR and Kale and stuff, they could go there and, and, and be consistent to a degree. Um but I think under Rafa, I know it's only four games. But what I said, great signing when he got the job. Great signing mm. when he got the job. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and I think he is, man. He's installing, he's installing something there. And, and they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem, especially for us this season. Teams like us, Leicester, they, they're going to be a problem. I, I really do think that, man. They've got a very good manager. Do they have the best squad? No. But you know what that manager does is what he has, he 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 gets the best out of them. And you can see that with people like Townsend, Gray, his new signings. Um I think Decore and Allen in that base as well. Sorry, yeah, Decore and Allen. Brilliant partnership. Very good. And and also Rafa. I mean, that tide has to be turning now from their fans. Because I mean the, the moment. Yesterday, Everton equalized for Michael Keane. He had a sub ready. Mm. He, he was going to bring on Gomez for Godfrey. Yeah. Um, to take to go back to two at the back, two centre back. Sorry, four four at the back, and then um slide Gomez into centre midfield to join the Corre and uh, and Allen. And you know you see it so many times. A goal gets gets scored, and and the manager that was going to make the positive change then doesn't make the positive change. You know what I mean? And he yeah. didn't do that. Straight away, he said, nope. Gomez, you're coming on. Brought on Gomez. And the core just looked like some electric had been electrocuted into the man. He just went on next levels. Just just, just looked pumped for it. And as I said, the crowd, uh, it was just a combination of everything good at the yeah. same time. Got the goal, a positive change from the manager. Um and, and and the players felt all the positivity around the place. And as I said, man, that tide will be turning up. Everton fans, this is a guy to back. This is the guy to follow. 
Seriously, man, because he wanted to be in Liverpool again, Rafa, to be happy. And, and he looks happy and Everton look happy. And, and I'm telling you, man, that they're, they're, they're going to be a problem. No, nah, 100%. What I'm seeing from Everton is a, is a consistency, something I haven't seen in uh, Everton for a long time. It's just a consistent, and there's players that want to play under their manager. I mean, they've had managers who spent a lot of money, but Rafa's kind of said, you know what, I want to go back to basics, get the fundamentals in place, and you're getting the best out of the players. Individual players are collectively coming together now for one cause, to accumulate as much points as possible. Everton will be looking at potentially finishing in Europe, and I don't mean Champions League, top six, top seven. That's the aim. And got you accumulate as many points as possible, taking into consideration they're not playing in Europe this season. Take advantage of that. It doesn't matter really if they have a small squad because they're only really playing in the Premier League and then, you know, the cup competition. So Rafa will be looking at the squad and thinking and, and, and players like Gray and Townsend now have got a golden opportunity to make, to make, to make some noise at this club because these fans for so long, you know, they've been getting on their back and complaining this right and said, and they were complaining about the appointment. You've got nothing to complain about if Everton can maintain this. And I think they can. And they're going to be a problem, a serious problem for teams like Leicester, West Ham, yourself, who have ambitions to be in Europe next season, in the Europa League and the Europa Conference. So that's the that's the aim for Everton, man. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, um, all right, let's let's go for the rest of the results now. Yeah. Um, I'll start. We'll start with um, the early kickoff on Saturday. London Derby, Crystal Palace versus Spurs. Crystal Palace winning 3-0. Eric Dyer had to come off just after 10 minutes with an injury. Um, obviously, first of all, we'll explain the situation because he didn't explain it. So obviously, said Martinez and Bundia were missing. Um, Argentinian players, four Argentinian players travelled to um, Brazil in the end to play Brazil, Argentina. The game got abandoned. Um Brazilian authorities walked on the pitch, told the players that they have to come off. And what were they trying to do? Deport them? I think they were deporting them or something. But Argentina yeah. were moving on anyway to Bolivia. They moved on to Bolivia, but in the end, um, Romero and Lasso, so two Tottenham players, were missing, along with Sanchez, who was missing. He um, well, obviously was Colombia, but the situation wasn't so dramatic. Um, and basically, they're in Croatia now. Um, quarantine having, a, having, a, having a training camp now they don't have to quarantine the same okay. um, not where they had to sit in a hotel room and couldn't move and stuff so they actually can train so they're going to train they're training in Croatia now and they should be back the day before the Chelsea match so the Saturday so whether we'll see whether they'll be there or not we need them for this game because Royale Emerson Royale made his debut right back I was worried instantly Um because that's not a debut that you want up against mm. Zaha, especially mm. at um, Zaha's Park. So Tanganga and Dyer were partnered in a centre-back position. We played a weird kind of diamond in the field. I think as it's as all over to uh, every Spurs fan from when they saw the lineup and saw Hoiberg, Winks, Skip, Ali, everyone was like, what's going on? No Brian Hill. Obviously, Bergwijn injured, Sun injured. Um, yeah, so... A bit of a mishmash team, but no excuses. Absolutely awful. One of the worst performances I've seen from Spurs. I said went 3-0 down in the end. 
Dio got injured after 12 minutes and nightmares continued. Joe Ronan came on, had a brilliant game, I thought, along with Tanganga, up until a point. And it, Crystal Palace were the better team in the first half and they continued in the second half and um, it didn't take long for it to go completely downhill. There was a moment Lucas had his ankle stepped on by Gallagher. He stayed down. Crystal Palace continued. Zaha was running through. Tanga came, pushed him, a little bit of a scuffle, a bit of beef kicked off. I just want to go through this quickly because Dawn's been 10 years on this match because um, it seems like I am already. Um, <laughs> um, but then Tanganga was still pumped. You could see it, the adrenaline going. And then just five minutes later, he lunged in, tried to back out of it, but made contact with the player right in front of the referee. And because he was already in the referee's mind after that incident with Zaha, he then was sent off. We were down to 10 men. Um, then we could see the penalty, Ben Davis, the sub who came on to go back to, um, to slot in for Tanganga. Um, Gallagher crossed, who Gallagher was brilliant all game, to be honest. Brilliant. Um, his cross was blocked by Davis's hand. The penalty was given Zaha tucked. And then, perfect debut for Edouard, the Frenchman, signed from Celtic on... Um, the final day of the transfer window, he came on with just five minutes to go and got himself a brace in the last five minutes. Perfect debut for him. Nuno got it wrong. Um, his hands were tied, yes. Um, but as I said, one of the worst performances attackively. Defensively, we did our job at times, especially two centre-backs while they were on the pitch. Joe Roden and Tanganga thought they really were regular on. Defensively, did well. Just attackively, Every single player was shit. Um, that's all I've got to say. David, you got anything to say? Yeah, I mean, Tottenham were a bit flat in that game. Um, it just went downhill when Tanganga got sent off. Crystal Palace are very good causing them problems throughout the game. And they looked like the ones who were going to score the goals and potentially win it. And they did. Um, but I was kind of impressed with, um, you know, Gallagher and, and Zahar, a few others. And also great, great couple of goals for Eduardo on his signing from... Celtic, so it's kind of a momentum booster for Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace side. So it was a bad day in the office for um, your boy Espirito Santo, man. Yeah. Back to the drawing boards, man. Yeah, yeah, just no overreaction. As I said, the overreaction on Twitter is absolutely ridiculous. But let's not even get to that. That's the fans. Um, at the Emirates, big game, as we were saying, for Arteta, could not, could not lose this lose one against game. Norwich, yeah. and he didn't lose. Um, I didn't really see the game, to be honest. I know Arsenal did have a lot of a lot of shots, um, thirty shots in the end. Yeah, um, they were peppering Norwich at times. Um, in the end, it was just a one goal from Aubameyang that sealed the victory. Um, big victory for Arteta. He said it was the best ten days of his life. I don't know what that means. To be honest, I don't know what that means. Not, not a chance to lose, so of course, give the best ten of us. I mean, beating Norwich. I know, I know, things are bad, but Jesus Christ, to beat Norwich and that accumulate to the best ten days of your life, like you won Champions League, is a bit of a overreaction. But anyway, look, three points on the board for Arsenal, um, and yeah, as I said, much needed for Arteta, much needed. Yeah, confidence booster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they'd be hoping so anyway. Um, next game some of these games 
this game, I didn't even see the goal. Um, it was Brentford at home who have been unbeaten against um, Brighton, who are also unbeaten, isn't it? Yeah, um, beaten, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, yeah, because they beat Burnley on the first day. They beat Burnley, um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They lost to Everton, sorry, so they're not oh, Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, but it, good yeah, win Brighton, there against uh, Brentford. Yeah, Br- Brighton won it in the 90th minute, Trossard with the goal. Did you see the goal? Um, no, sorry, I heard about, I heard about it. I didn't get, I didn't get to see it, but um, again, you know, Potter's doing doing all right. You know, good decent start. And only doing lost wonders, everyone. mate. Doing wonders. Big fan yes. of him, man. I think yeah. it will be a good season for Brentford and for sorry Brighton. And Brentford, as I said, they've done well up until now. Look, nearly got another point, but for a goal in the 90th minute. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, they they can. I'm sure they can take positives from the game. Um, then the champions. The champions went to Leicester um, and came away with a 1-0 victory. Bernardo Silva with the goal. Bernardo Silva's form has been brilliant recently um, and stopped the goal off. A bit of a weird goal. Um, took a mad deflection and then fell to him. Um, perf- perfect place for him to just slide it home. Um, yeah, Leicester will feel a bit aggrieved that they couldn't get something out of this game. Um, but City, City did well to kind of, like, kind of hang on and get the three points. And I, was, I know Vardy had a goal this loud, didn't it? Yeah. He was, he was boy, just upside of him, just an elbow. Um, but yeah, there's two more three o'clock kickoffs to tell you about. It was goalless at St. Mary's between Southampton and West Ham. Mikel Antonio being sent off with basically the last bit of action in the game. Um, so he will now be suspended for one game. It was two yellow cards he picked up. Um, yeah, you messed up my fantasy, man. But... Okay, fantasy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at Watford, Wolves were in town looking for their first points of the season. Three one nil um, losses, sorry, for Wolves. Um, but they claimed a victory. We were saying last, we were talking about them last week, saying that they deserved it, um, three points, and they got it in the end. It was an own goal, the first goal. After all the attempts that they've been having, Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> In the recent games, the back, it was it? it was an uh, own goal by Sarat. What's his name? Uh, Sarah Sarautia. Sarata, yeah. Um, and then Wolves then got a second new signing. He channel Huang. Check out from RB, Le- RB Leipzig. He's on loan. No, 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 Salzburg. Salzburg, well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, sort of, they're not the same teams. So they're not trying to get away with it. Um, yeah. technically are they technically are aren't it really no, um, <laughs> victory for his first victory lag um, as I said I've been impressed with them um, this season so far Wolves um, yeah so finally getting deserved three points then the only game on Sunday was down at Ellen Road I don't know why this computer is moving like this 3-0 um, victory for Liverpool Liverpool dominated this game from the start looked yeah. very on it man. very very on it 
Um, they cause they cause Leeds problems, man. Yeah, who grabbed the first? Mo Salah, Mo Salah to Mo Salah, join yeah. the 100 Premier League then goal for, club. For B- yeah, Fabinho. Congratulations to the wanker. Um, nah, joking. Um, <laughs> then Fabinho added a second. Yeah. Um, and then Harvey Elliott dislocated the ankle. A challenge from Pascal Schrock, who had come on for the injured Laurenti. I mean, it wasn't a record. Any day, it wasn't a record. It was actually a decent challenge. It was just his um, his trailing leg landed on the ankle of Elliot, and straight away you could see it was horrible. Yeah. Um, his leg was all twisted and shit. He's, I think, he's had surgery or he's in London to have surgery. Um, yeah, so now it's about recovery. About six months. For the eight-year-old, he started the season kind of well as well. Sorry, yeah. what'd you say? Yeah, yeah, I think he's had surgery. I think it's going to be about six months recovery. Yeah, uh, for him. So he might play a bit at the end of the season or how quickly he can recover. But yeah, I know I know Sky didn't show the any replays of how horrific it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Sadio Mane got the uh, third goal. It's 99th Premier League goal uh, for for Liverpool. So well, he's got 99. 99 now, yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Um, let's show Mo Salah a bit of respect. Joining a hundred club, fifth highest player to do it, behind uh, Alan Shearer, Harry Kane, Sergio Aguero, and Wayne Rooney. I think Wayne Rooney's in there. Oh, I don't know if he is. You know, unless Salah's sick. I, I think, think he's Rooney, fit. I think Rooney's in there. I don't know. So he's ahead of Aguero. You're saying. Uh, well, no, I'm not saying he's head of Aguero. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just saying he's in the combo. No, 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 no. We're talking about the top five quickest here. You're saying he's no. in top five, yeah? I think I believe so. Let me get it so up. Tell me who he's ahead of. Because he ain't ahead of Shearer. He no, ain't Shira's ahead first. of Kane. Yeah, I know. He ain't ahead of Kane. So you're telling me he's ahead of Aguero? And you're telling me he's ahead of Thierry Audrey? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? We'll be here all year looking for it. Anyway, Mo Salah. Um, let's talk about Mo Salah. Um, I know there's talks about a contract Liverpool trying to offer him, but he wants, is it half a million a week or something mad like that? Um, Outrageous. But Mo Salah gets to the 100 really quickly. How impressive is he? Listen, he's, he's a really good player. Um, he's, he's a world-class player. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, he's a world-class player and he's so influential for Liverpool and his, his eye for goals and yeah, his movement. He's hungry. Is yeah. Very hungry. Uh, if you ask Sadio Mane, he's very selfish. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, no, he's a great goal scorer. Very integral to how Liverpool play. And listen, he's only right to ask what his, what his worth is because he's a world-class player. He's, he's contributed to win the Premier League and the Champions League with Liverpool. So, yeah, g- give him that contract, man. Yeah, man. Listen, Mo Salah, world-class player. Um, as you say, like he, he can be a bit selfish sometimes, but that's what makes him great at the same time as well. You know what I mean? He has that confidence in himself. Anything on his left foot is sweet. He's, he's massive for Liverpool. Has been for the last, what, like four years or something like that. Um, he's so quick. Dribbling, direct. He has a good link up as well, man. He's, he's, um, listen, 
I think a Liverpool fan should be able to talk about him, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Mo Salah, um, world-class player. So that's the fixtures. Um, that's the results, sorry. Let's talk game week five. Let's just run through the fixtures. Um, early kickoff on Saturday the 18th is at Molyneux Wolves versus Brentford. Three o'clock kickoffs. Turf Moor, Burnley versus Arsenal. Liverpool then play Crystal Palace. Man City welcome Southampton to the yeah, he had. Norwich are at home to Watford, the two newly promoted sides. And that 5.30, a good game. What should be a good game? At Villa Park, Aston Villa versus Everton. And then Sunday, there's three games for you. Two o'clock kickoff, Brentford at home to Leicester. And then back in London, there's two games at two o'clock, as I said. West Ham are at home to Manchester United. And then London Derby to finish off Sunday, 4.30 kickoff at White Hart Lane. Spurs versus Chelsea. Big game. Um, oh, you're finally on TV. Boys, man. Um, and that's it. And then we looked at it when Tottenham were top. I haven't looked at the table since then. Let's look <laughs> at the table. Um, Manchester United now sit top of the tree. But weirdly enough, with the same goal difference, is Chelsea and Liverpool um, also with 10 points and eight, eight plus eight goal difference. And Everton make up the top four, also won 10 points, but... With an inferior goal difference. Yeah, with... inferior goal difference. Man City in fifth, Brighton in sixth, Tottenham in seventh, West Ham in eighth, Leicester ninth, and Brentford make up the top 10. First win for... Patrick Vieira, Crystal Palace manager, moves them up to 11th. Aston Villa dropped to 12th. Wolves, with their first victory of the season, move up to 13th. Southampton, 14th. Watford, 15th. And then Arsenal move up from bottom to 16th. I like just saying that. Um, bottom. <laughs> um, and then Leeds in 17th and the bottom three, still early days. Norwich, I'm sorry, Norwich. Norwich are rock bottom um, and they look in trouble, to be honest. And then ahead of them are Burnley 18th and Newcastle 19th. Um, that's game week four complete. That's the fixtures for game week five. David, it was nice having you. Right? Yeah. I just um, want to say one thing before we finish in it. I know it's not like um, football related, but I thought I have to get it in because it's quite. Um, Quite interesting. I just wanted to shout out. I don't know if anyone watches the tennis. Um, an 18 year old, Emma, Emma, Emma Raducanu. <laughs> I had to Manage, get it in. Nah, I got to get it in. I had to get it in. Tennis. I had to shout out tennis, a grand slam, man. Uh, uh she I qualified. Yeah, I watched Wimbledon. I watched the whole, sh- a whole show. I, I, I didn't, but I only watched Wimbledon. I didn't yeah, watch but, it but this year, but still. Yeah, she, she won the US Open, the first qualifier. Uh, to win a Grand Slam, she had to qualify. You're going to talk boxing or something, but man, fucking good tennis. But no, nah, I hate you. I hate you. It's a huge accomplishment, no, isn't no, it? It's I mean, a big moment. Yeah, she's only 18. Well done. 18, man. Yeah, she didn't even drop a cent, a set. So, 
Yeah, yeah. More than whatever Tim Henman could ever achieve anyway. So I have to get that in. But um, yeah, I think it's best to kind of tell the people how we can, you can watch it and how to subscribe, uh, subscribe and uh, watch what our, our content is. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, just type in the warm down. iTunes podcast it is, not, not, not iTunes. Um, not the music one, obviously. And you can find it there. Google podcast as well. I don't know how that works, but I know it's on there. And we also have an Instagram now, which is at the underscore warm underscore down. Um, that's the Instagram. If you do listen wherever in the world and you just come across it for whatever reason, do follow on Insta. Um, and you can even leave comments. Just don't leave one good comments because I don't want to see that negative. You know what I mean? But Constructive I, criticism only. <laughs> no, nah, man can have their opinions on people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't agree or something, that's cool, isn't it? But, that these are just all our opinions, and like yeah. everyone's entitled so, to their opinion within reason. Man United fans, like give abuse to David for his Ollie hate. Listen, if there's any Ollie Ollie out is there, feel free to come and <laughs> share your comments. <laughs> you joker. Um, yeah, that's episode eighteen, um, and then we'll be back obviously for next week's fixtures. Um, there is no boxing or UFC to really report on. So I think we'll have a nice week off with that. Um, and then obviously, I think it's from next week, it's a big week. Obviously, Anthony Joshua, Usyk at the end of the week. UFC, massive card as well. Um, UFC 267, if I'm right. Ortega Volkanovski, I know Diaz comes back. So we'll get with Dan. And hopefully for the Usyk Joshua, I can get a couple more people on. I'm going to reach out to them and see what they say. Um, and hopefully we're going to have a good... Big chat about that card. 